on the tee from Australia, Adam Scott. There it is, Adam Scott. Expect anything different? Brilliant. What an up and down that was. In your life have you seen anything like that? Welcome to the clubhouse. Yeah, we're back. Great to have your company across Australia. This is the clubhouse. Julian Bayard and Mark Allen with you talking golf every week. What a big week it's been in the world of golf. Hey, Marco. And, uh, G'day, Jules. How are you? I'm well, mate. A couple of wins, which is good. Yes. Just got your hand well done. Big Queenslander. Had mm-hmm. a big win on the European Tour and the Asian Tour. And Matty Griffin as well. So that's he fantastic did, over the news. Ditch. Fantastic news. Really, really good. And looking forward to seeing... Um, oh, well, I've been, I have looked forward to watch Ryan Ruffles play at the Arnold Palmer as well. Yes. Of course, looks great. So, yeah, a bit happening. A bit happening Fair for bit sure. happening in the world of golf. And, uh, yeah, as you said, congratulations, Matthew Griffin, New Zealand Open. Uh, we'll hear from him yeah, a Yeah, we're going to hear from on, him a so. bit later. Yep. Scotty Hen was great too. He was. Big power hitter. He's won eight yep. times now on the Asian Tour. Good time to win because it was co-sanctioned with Europe. Mm. Great time to win there because I think things are changing. Things are changing yes. pretty soon. And uh, Charles Schwartzel as well gets another win. He's third for the year, twice on the European Tour, and now he's first yeah, on the PGA right. Tour. He's so. only won twice on the US Tour. Yep. The other one was the Masters. So yeah. he <laughs> <laughs> kind of makes up for a lot, but look, like, beautiful to watch his game. How, Real, a beautiful swing over the golf club. How exciting is it at the moment? The last four wins on the PGA Tour are all by Masters champions. Do you know that? Let me think about that. So here's one one. Schwartzel. Schwartzel. Adam Scott. 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 Bubba. Bubba. And Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Well done. It's exciting. That's good. Just mm. around the corner. We know old Bubba Watson too, don't we? You know what happened there? Yep. Uh, both times he's won the Masters, he came second at the Honda. So yep. he's done it again. So I wonder if that trend can continue. Hey, Mark, I want to kick things off today on a different note because yeah. I was on golflink.com.au, usually where you check yep. your handicap and you yep. get really disappointed after you play the game <laughs> and you, you yeah. know, your handicap blows out a little bit. But uh, reading a fascinating article this week um, talking about golf on TV in yeah. Australia and how the upcoming Masters is the only major in world golf that we see on free-to-wear in Australia yeah. and how on the anti Siphoning lists, the Masters, then the Australian Open and the Australian Masters are mm. the only three golf tournaments in the world. That that means that free to wear get the first crack at them, and then yeah. after that, the uh, pay TV and Foxtel can uh, bid. But of course, we don't see any uh, PGA Tour events other than the Masters on free to wear. On free to wear, if you've got Fox Sports, you're okay. You're but okay. if you don't, you got nothing. Yep. And then over the Australian summer of golf, we see uh, we see the, the major Australian tournaments, yeah. but. Uh, Yep. Almost reluctantly, you'd probably say that they're uh, they're Yeah, I agree with that. It's Uh, a shame. So I wanted to ask you, as we kick things off on the clubhouse today, Mm. what can we do as golf broadcasters and in the media? And I mean, we we consume it as much as anyone. Yeah. What do we need to do to actually fix the broadcasting of golf in this country? In this country. And also to make it more appealing for free-to-air networks to pick up the PGA Tour? Because... You One thing will fix the other. One thing will fix the yep. other. Uh, you're on the right wave track, uh, wavelength here. If 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 more people start watching our tournaments, you can almost guarantee there's going to be a need for them to watch the big ones overseas. Yep. Our tournaments have a five hours a day broadcast. Yep. So, you know, okay, I'm going to watch the golf today. The tee comes on at 12 o'clock and I'm watching guys I don't even know their names. Mm-hmm. Y- your enthusiasm level is down straight away. Yeah. You've got to wait 10 minutes before Adam Scott hits off. He hits off, and you know, before you know it, you're only watching one bloke play. This is the Thursday and Friday. Yeah. It's rubbish. It's really, really bad, mm-hmm. and it, should, it needs to be fixed. Now, in America, for the longest time at the U.S. Masters, they only showed two and a half to three hours of coverage on Thursday and Friday. Yep. They showed a little bit more on Saturday, 
And only just recently have they even started showing the full last <laughs> round on Sunday. Do you know why? Because golf, especially Thursday and Friday, yep. is boring. Mm. Unless somebody is shooting a course record, all they're doing is jockeying yep. for position. Yep. That's it. It's like, you know, watching the first half a lap of the Melbourne Cup. I've got to agree with you, Marco, because there's nothing more frustrating on a Thursday, Friday. Yeah. You tune, the golf starts at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock. Yeah. And Jordan Spieth's come out and he's playing in this uh, great yeah. Australian tournament. All the hype's around him. He's already finished yeah. by the time the golf coverage comes on. That's right. So That's right. you don't actually get to see the best golfers play half the time. That, that is correct. And look, one of the other things, um, we, we lack the funding uh, to put on a big show like mm-hmm. they do overseas, particularly in America. Yep. So unfortunately, there's, you know, there's a shortage of cameras, and that's why you only get to see two or three groups yep. at the most. Um, and that ends up becoming boring because if one, one or two of the guys aren't playing too well, well, what are we watching him for? Yeah. So uh, in my belief, this, this is what I've been saying for a, a long time. The coverage needs to be three hours tops. Yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and even Sunday. Don't bore us. You come on at two o'clock. Let's say it's a two o'clock start. Yep. And you show us a twenty-minute package of what's happened already today. So we get to have a look. You get to see the best shots. Adam Scott's going ballistic on the front nine. Okay, I'm all set. Yep. Let's get in. Now I can get into the back nine of what is actually taking place. Um, that would work beautifully on Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday is still going to be boring. So what there needs to be, and I've seen it done a couple of times in America, you need a professional golfer. Let's say it's Brett Ogle, right? Brett Ogle or someone who can teach, a really good teaching yeah. pro. Um, that guy needs to be on the driving range. So what they do is they show, um, uh, let's say, for lack of a bit of, who's out there? Let's Paul Gow. Yep. They're showing Paul Gow hit a 7-9 out of a divot. And whoever's doing the commentary goes, wow, that was a great shot. Let's go down to Brett Ogle on the driving range. Hey, Brett, show our listeners how you hit a golf ball out of a divot. I like it. So all of a sudden, you're giving people a reason to watch. Everybody wants to improve their golf. I've, mm-hmm. I've been doing golf on radio for a long time now. It's great when you talk about Jordan Spieth and Jason Day and Tiger Woods and all the rest of it. You know when the ears really prick up? When you can help somebody with their game. Yeah. When you can help someone with their game. So what happens on Thursday and Friday, instead of watching all the boring stuff, here's Adam Scott trying to hit a hook around the tree. Yeah. Let's go down to Brett Ogle. Brett, and Brett will have it all set up. He'll have his golf bag in the way. He'll show you. (laughs) There'll be a cameraman who knows what to do. And he can show you. So even though there's only two cameras... You're basically getting two lessons Mm -hmm. every hour and getting to watch the golf. And it just fills the show bag, so to speak. You know, you're getting more for your dollar. So instead of, like I said a second ago, instead of boring us all to death with golfers we don't know playing badly, you show the package of who's playing well, you settle in, just follow those players, and every once in a while you get a superstar to show you how to play better golf. And even the pros, you know, like I'd even watch. I'd like to know how, you know, because there's many ways. I'd like to know how Brett Ogle hooks one from uh, behind the trees. I'd like to know how Brett Ogle gets out of a divot. Uh, and, and then even, you know, if, if someone's swinging poorly, you know, you get, uh, the, you know, Dale Lynch. You get Dale Lynch, one of the best golf coaches we have in the country. Dale, what do you think's going wrong? You've been watching the broadcast here. What do you think's going wrong with Marcus Fraser's swing today? And Dale shows you. Gets the slow-mo out. Gets the slow-mo out and, and really shows you. Yep. So there, there are so many things you can do. And the other one, of course, Jules, 
So there's the one that you and I have been calling out for oh, for yeah. as long as you and I have been going together. Yeah. Just mic up the caddy. Caddies. I knew it was Let's coming. Let's hear the conversation <laughs> between the caddy and the player. Yep. Not what the commentator thinks they're about to do. Let's hear what they're about to do or mm-hmm. what they're trying to do. Yep. But you know what? It's the same people doing the same rubbish and it's been going on for a long time. They, they've been living off the pictures that we used to show around the world 25 years ago when everyone used to say it's the best broadcast in the world. And probably back then it, it could have been. Right. But everyone's gone smoking past our coverage these days. It is just, you know, limited groups, people playing poorly. Yep. And you're not teaching much at all. You've got to teach people how to play the game. Mm-hmm. And then once the back nine comes, you know, on Sunday, let's watch every shot. And you know what? Every shot. With the advances in technology now, we could, on, in oh. the mornings, we could have streaming of, you know, each hole yeah. and things like that. So if you if you are a fanatic yeah. of someone and want to watch them in the morning, jump online, have a look. Yeah, go to who's doing the golf these days. Go to, go to the Channel 7 website. Yep. And if you want to watch Peter Senior play mm-hmm. the front nine, there you've got is. every shot. Yep. Too easy. There's a stack of things to do, but believe me, the five-hour deal, oh, <laughs> please. Yeah. It's it's too long. It's too long. Send this over to uh, the execs at TV Landmarker. They don't listen anymore, mate. <laughs> if it's not, uh, Let me tell you this one thing, Jules, mm. about TV. If they didn't think of it, it's not right. Yeah. That's the land they live in. That's fair enough. End of story. Fair enough. Well, can we get more PGA tours on uh, on free to wear eventually, Marco? Do you think we can get some uh, of the big events like this weekend and, and things like that? If going? people understand uh, who don't have Fox Sports that watching the golf is good fun, yeah, yeah, there'll be more people yeah. wanting to watch the golf, and maybe the ratings, maybe they'd be willing to have another go. You know, if the Australian Open starts rating through the roof yep. on Thursday and Friday and Saturday, maybe they'll go. Well, the you know the Aussie Open's rating pretty well, yeah. So, but they'll never know unless they change from what they've been doing for the last 20 years, then nothing will change. It's going to be the same old deal. Unless, you know, Jason Day ends up being the world number one for 331 weeks in a row like (laughs) Greg Norman (laughs) was when golf was really flying and we'd all watch it just to see Greg go around. Back back when golf was flying and Mm. Greg was the number one player in the world for that long, it was like Tiger Woods was playing in every single one of our tournaments. I mean, he had everything Tiger had going for him except the majors record. And everyone watched. If you played golf, you watched. If you didn't play golf, you watched. And you wanted to see what would happen with Greg Norman. We don't have that anymore. It's time to rejig things on our TV front and try some things. Yep. Not do the same old, same, same old, old. Same old, same old. Same old's not working. Glad you got that off your chest, Marco. I'm glad you asked me the I'm question, buddy. Uh, ask me that question in about two months' time. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have changed. It wouldn't have changed. Yeah, I can actually play some tapes from about three years ago. <laughs> you and Cam? Where it's exactly the same. <laughs> No one listens, mate. Hey, we're going to get to a break. Uh, after this, I want to talk to you about Jordan Spieth's schedule because Jason Day had some interesting things mm. to say about that. We'll be back right. right after this on The Clubhouse. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. Yeah, welcome back to The Clubhouse. Julian Bayard and Mark Allen with you. Great to have your company across Australia talking all things golf. And Marco, a man who's had a busy schedule so far this year, is the number one player in the world. His name's Jordan Spieth. I want to ask you the question, is he playing too much golf right now? Because since his eight-shot win, the Tournament of Champions, to kick off the season, he's uh, finished tied for 21st. He then missed the cut, tied for 17th and tied for 18th. He's played 11 events in seven different countries since the end so far, of last year. Already 11. So, 
So last so that was year, since the end of last year's last uh, year he played twenty five in the FedEx Cup uh, tournaments. Yep. So that's basically the US Tour. So you count a, a U, uh, British Open in that as well. They all count as far as the FedEx Cup. So he played twenty five last year. It's March and he's played eleven already. Uh, what have we got about six months to go. I think the FedEx Cup finishes up in October. Um, so what's the story there? If uh, if he plays another yeah. three a month until then, it's another eighteen tournaments, twenty nine events. It's a lot of golf. Yep. Yeah, it is. Look at that. That is a lot of golf. Um, plus, we want him to go to Australia. We want him to play. We want him to play all over the place. Olympics, I think, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I reckon in. Jordan Spieth would be finding right now that uh, with all the sponsors' commitments, yep. uh, he's going to talk shows. Yep. Uh, but I reckon the the biggest one is when you're contending in the big ones. Um, it just takes so much out of you. Now, the only experience I have in this was when I played half decent every once in a while, long time ago. Yep. Um, so I finished, uh, you know, top five in um, Masters and and a sixth in the Australian Open early days in my career. Yep. And the one thing I really remember uh, on the Monday and Tuesday, it took me it took me forever to recover yeah. because every shot. Now that's just playing in the Australian Open. <laughs> Imagine if you're a 21 year old kid trying to win the US Masters after what happened last year. I mean, the recovery, as far as mentally, I imagine, would be significant. Yep. Plus, you know, you're going to Letterman and and doing mm-hmm. all the other. Or the or the shows or Jimmy Jimmy Fallon these days, isn't yeah, it? it is. So you go to yep. Jimmy Fallon, you do all that sort of stuff. I reckon the mental wear and tear is probably going to take its toll. Yep. And one of the, one of the great things that Tiger did when he was a superstar was he only played in about twenty one events, twenty five yep. events tops all season long. Oh, yeah. So he had plenty of time to rest and recoup. Um, he also didn't play in tournaments before a major. Now, not many players had that ability. You know, everybody wants to be match-hardened, right. so to speak. Uh, you don't want any ring rust whatsoever when you step onto the first tee on Thursday and compete for one of the big four majors. Tiger Woods didn't do that. Nor did Jack Nicholas, by the way. Jack Nicholas used to take the week before off. Not he a bad never, endorsement never, for those Well, two. absolutely. <laughs> so you almost guarantee when you are on the first tee on Thursday, um, and the other thing that Jack Nicholas and, and Tiger used to do, they used to have their practice rounds you know, a week week in advance. So they would rock up to the golf course. Their practice rounds are out of the way. Um, they're fresh from not playing the week before. They jump on the first tee Thursday. They are fresh as daisies mm. compared to everybody else who might have been playing two weeks before the tournament. They get to the tournament. They haven't seen the course before because they've had played the last two weeks. They had no chance for a practice round. They get to the major tournament. There's no pro-am. So they play the practice round on Tuesday and Wednesday. They might have even played nine holes on Monday because it's a big deal this week. Yep. They get on the, thir- uh, you know, the first tee on Thursday. You can imagine the difference between <laughs> Jack and Tiger versus... Joe Struggler. Mm-hmm. Joe Struggler is stuffed by yep. the time he gets to about the 15th hole. And Joe Struggler struggles. Yep. So, Hence look, his name. Yeah. So, <laughs> look, I, I really believe that if you can do it, but not many golfers have trusted themselves to do that. Mm-hmm. Even the Shark, you know, the Shark used to... He used to call the Players' Championship a good warm-up for Augusta. (laughs) (laughs) That's why they ended up moving the Players' Championship. I don't even think the Shark, you know, used to take a week off. And there was a bloke with supreme confidence. So the blokes who have the best record in the majors prepared exactly the same way. Practice rounds miles early. Yep. Got their numbers all sorted out. Had an idea uh, how the golf course was playing. They'd play one practice round. Yeah, I think Tiger even plays nine holes on the Tuesday, the the other nine holes on the Wednesday. That's, That's it. it. 
at the Masters, yeah. it is fresh. And the Masters is the big one because it's so hilly. Yeah. Now, there's a golf course Takes in Victoria called Riversdale. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit hillier than Riversdale. So if you know Riversdale, it's a very hilly golf course and so is Augusta. So if you're playing three practice rounds, then Thursday, Friday, there's five rounds. I mean, it's it's a, it's a hike, mate. It's, it's a, a hike. Jason Day had some interesting thoughts about it and actually spoke about Jordan Spieth's schedule this week. Yeah, let's have a listen. He's got such a long career in front of him. I'm just worried. I'm worried about him because um, I don't know if he's playing too much and he's doing too many things um, with golf and, and sponsor obligations that he might may, may get burnt out and... And, and go through a rut where he just doesn't want to be on the golf course for a while. And it goes through everyone. Everyone goes through that. So I'm just kind of, right now, I'm, I've, I've told a few people on my team that I'm kind of worried about him because of uh, what he's kind of putting himself under right now because he has played a lot of golf, uh, especially over the last few years. I mean, you can only look at his, you know, his world-ranking divisor and how many events he's played over the last couple of years, few years, and you can see that he's you know, kind of wearing, wearing himself out. That's Jason Day discussing Jordan Spieth. Probably makes a good point. He makes a, a sensational point. You know what I'm worried about? I'm worried about him getting knocked on the head now by the US media. You know, don't worry about Jordan Spieth. You just worry about yourself or even Jordan Spieth. Isn't it great? You know, here I he love is, that. Here he is in a press conference being asked a question. Instead mm-hmm. of going, oh, well, look, Jordan knows what he's doing. Yeah. Jason actually gives an opinion. Yep. Now, in a perfect world in sport, Jordan understands what Jason's doing. Yep. He's not just putting the stone wall up and blocking one back to the bowler. Yep. He's actually giving his thoughts. The more of that, the better, as far the as I'm concerned. The more of that, the better. Yep. So I love listening. That, I love the fact that Jason has enough conviction to do it. I reckon it is absolutely sensational. I think he makes great points. Yep. And hopefully, no one slags him off for it. No. Because, you know, you can imagine... You can imagine... I'll give you an example. One coach in the AFL is asked about another team. Oh, they wouldn't dare. In the AFL. <laughs> what would happen? What would happen? You're right. What would happen if, um, you know, Nathan Buckley was asked about how John Worsfold should coach the Bombers this year? Yeah. Nathan's going to say, hey, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll probably leave that yeah, to the yes. like to, to talk it, about to ourselves. Essence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll think about ourselves. Yeah. It would be great to hear what Nathan Buckley would say. Yeah. In that world. So, you know, maybe, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's great that Jason feels confident enough in his relationship oh, with Jordan Spieth. They're obviously good it's mates. fantastic. So they can it's, talk about each other like that. It's what makes the world go round yep. in this gig. You know, you want more people um, excited about golf? Yep. Do this sort of stuff. You want more people excited about footy? Do that sort of stuff. You want more people excited about cricket? And listen, cricketers, because you don't say anything. <laughs> talk about stuff. Yep. And hopefully everybody just has an understanding that that's cool. Mm. We know what Everyone he's else doing. Is talking about it. Why can't they? He's just talking the game up. Yeah. He's just talking the game up, making it interesting. And uh, I reckon uh, listening to Jason, um, you know, that he's concerned about Jordan and what he's doing, just sensational. I love Jason Day's press conferences. They're I love fascinating. It too. He, you know, he said he's a real mind. boring person the other day. I don't see him as a he boring said, person. It was literally just before that grab we heard. Yeah. And he was talking about Jordan Spieth and Roy McIlroy being the cool kids on tour. And everyone wants a piece of them and they're all doing their media. He's cooler than both he of said, those characters. I'm the nerdy bloke up the back that no one's interested in. Yeah, right, well, <laughs> That's what he said. I reckon he's cooler <laughs> than those two. Hey, fascinating article on Jason Day during the week uh, yeah. in the paper. Him talking about him getting nervous about his game coming into the Masters because. 
The only bit about his game at the moment in terms of stats that's working out well is his putting. He's ranked third on the tour in putts gained. Rock but solid. Uh, the rest of his game is pretty ordinary at the Don't moment. Don't worry about that. That's great. I mean, you, you want something to work on mm-hmm. in a big week. You want that one swing thought. So, look, he and his coach, or, and, and his caddy, who's coaching caddy to the same bloke, they'll, they'll have something in that they'd be working on right now. Their goal would be gearing up for the week before the Masters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I imagine he'll be playing. I don't, I'm not sure. Hopefully, Jason Day takes a leaf out of Tiger's book as well. I mean, he calls Tiger for advice. Yeah, that's, maybe that's what he said. Wouldn't it be great if Tiger said, hey, listen, don't worry just about playing at Houston. Take a week off, mate. Just take the week off, will you? Yeah. Don't worry about that. Well, what do I think is Houston the week before the Masters? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm comfy with that. If the putting's good, that's great. Yep. It gives him something to work on. And, you know, we always talk about Olympic uh, athletes tapering for their sport, and boxers tapering. Yes. You taper in golf as well. So if you're real clever, you do all the practice, all the stuff that grinds you down a little bit. So hitting all those golf balls and uh, all the three-footers, you get that done yep. uh, the week beforehand so you know what your plan is. You know with what swing you're going with. Then you get to that tournament week, you just play your nine holes on Tuesday, nine holes again on Wednesday. You've done all your practice rounds and you just do your chipping, bunking and bunkering and, and, and you know, all the touch shots, the pitching, all that sort of stuff. And you are fresh as a daisy on Thursday and you just laugh and you chuckle and you're chuckling away at all the other blokes who don't know what they're doing. It's just got a sense about him, Jason Day, that he's been gearing up for the Masters for the whole yeah. off-season. They yeah. all they all are. Yeah. And Jordan Spieth, don't worry about Jordan Spieth, yeah. he'd be loving this he's too. He's getting there. He's going to have something just to work on. Gearing towards it. Rory McIlroy's the same, not hitting it so well, he'll have something to work on. Yeah. Uh, the only one who's not in that situation is Adam Scott and he's flushing it. So hopefully yeah. he can just hang on. He can hang on. Hey, uh, before we get to the break, you mm-hmm. mentioned the Olympics just a moment ago. Did you see the course in Rio? Doesn't look too bad. It's uh, yeah. Well, I was Pretty laughing. Far, anyway. I was having a real good giggle uh, this time last year, thinking it wasn't going to be ready. But wow, mm. they've done a great job. Uh, and the bunkering looks exactly like sandbelt bunkering. Uh, everyone, you know, every, not just me saying that. Everybody who's looking at the photos, they go, "Wow, that's just it's Kingston Heath bunkers. It's Royal <laughs> Melbourne bunkers." So. Look at congratulations to everybody. The course looks mm. an absolute treat. I want. I mean, I'm I'm really keen to see how it all plays out. Are we going to see our two best golfers playing? It's a pretty crammed schedule. Yeah. I reckon if they win a major early, you will. Yep. And maybe if they're playing well, but they haven't won a major later in the year, then maybe they won't. Yep. So, yeah, just watch, we'll watch the space. See. Watch the we'll space. I don't see. know. All right, we, I don't know. We've got to get I'm to a break. Uh, Julian Bale's my name. Mark Allen is here. We're going to hear from Matthew Griffin. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. you had a chat with him during the week. Yeah, that's right. He won the New Zealand Open last week. Uh, he had a great journey. He's won about six times on tour. And we're going to hear more about his journey in golf next. In your life have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. Welcome back to the Clubhouse. Mark Allen is in the studio. My name's Julian Bailed. It's great to have your company across Australia. As we go inside the Clubhouse, Marco, for Mandalay Golf Course, and it's Melbourne's newest golfing experience in the north, a brilliant course just uh, up the Hume Highway in uh, in Melbourne's north, clubmandalay.com.au. Nice cold beer in the Clubhouse the details, too, and That's important. Nice. Green fees available seven days a week too, oh, Marco, so you can get on every on day. On Saturday morning. That's it. That's a win. Seven days a week. That's a win for the punters. Available. Magnificent. Well Very done. Nice. Hey, uh, a man who won on the New Zealand Open. Uh, New Zealand Open. He won mm. at, I should say. Uh, carded a five under sixty-seven in the final round to finish at twenty under for the week and earn his third PGA Tour of Australasia title. Yep. Was Matthew Griffin. You're at an OB. It's a little bit of background noise, so we do apologise for that. But it's a great chat. Yeah, I spoke to him earlier in the week. Let's have a listen. Good evening, Matty. Good evening, guys. 
Mate, uh, standing on that 72nd hole, did you think you were at least going to get to a playoff? I mean, there'd be one back standing on the 72nd tee and then actually tapping in or holding your birdie putt and watching how, what played out. Were you, were you expecting, at the very least, extra holes standing on that 18th tee? Well, it's probably, I guess if there's a hole that you'd want to play with a one, one shot, being one shot behind, that's one of them because a lot can happen. Um, and fortunately, I hit, a, I hit a great drive. And if you can get a good drive away there, you've got a good chance chance of giving yourself a, a shot at birdie. It. But if you don't get your drive right, it's, um, it's got bogey written all over it. Matty, you, um, you said here in one of the articles I've read since, since you win that... That's the most nervous you've ever been over that um, that putt to win. Talk us through how you felt and and also how you dealt with it. Yeah, it was, it was one of those things. I hit the I hit the shot into the last, and and there was a big crowd there. It got a massive roar, and it just got that real. I guess it was exhilarating when you hit that shot, and you're just mm. trying to trying to calm yourself down, expecting that um, Tony Harrow would would make his um, would make par so that I have to obviously make the putt to get in a playoff but then fortunately he missed and I just I've done a lot of work with Nob, not Dr. Noel Blundell over the last sort of seven eight years and just went through my breathing technique and I mean I was still nervous as anything standing over that last putt but fortunately put a good stroke on it and it went in. So the breathing technique uh, look at it's probably plenty's changed since my day I was just in through the nose out through the mouth and and try to Stay relaxed. What's the process these days, Manny? For you know, there'd be people out there who'd get on the 18th tee and they're three up on twos playing Stableford, and they're a, it's their big chance to maybe break their handicap or get down the stretch for the first time or get the singles for the first time, and they feel nerves. What's your breathing technique? How do how do you go through it? I guess it's easy just to breathe shallow breathe through the through your chest, but it's really trying to get it down into the bottom of your tummy. So I try and do it over sort of a three or four count. Um, nice and slow in, slow out. And I just try and, I guess, focus on a spot. Might be a, a tree somewhere, might be the flag, might be a spot on the ground and just really just try and just those long, deep, slow breaths and, and hopefully relieve a bit of the tension. It's funny, you know, because it's always good in practice. Uh, you start doing it and you, I always used to wonder what the hell people are talking about because I'm still nervous as hell. So you find yourself, you know, you've done all your breathing techniques, you're getting that air back to the, the bottom of your stomach like you're saying, but you get over that putt and you look down and it looks a little bit shaky. We've all been there as professionals. What, what goes through your mind then? Are you just sticking to your pre-shot? Yeah, I think it's just sticking to your pre-shot, not trying to take... The one thing I wanted to do over it was not take too long. I think you've... A classic thing you see with amateur golfers, everyone, is that they they get an important shot and they they take double the amount of time you do otherwise. So it was just trying to get in there and hit the putt. And, and look, I was as nervous as anything, but trying to limit that as much as you can and um, just put a good putt on and a stroke on it and went in. And Maddie, last question on the nervousness, but we are we love yeah this we stuff. love it we love um, it. Do you also focus? On your body, and, and in particular, sort of the, the club in your hands, and, and staying as soft as you possibly can—is that part of what you try to do, also? Because the nerves do tend to get to the hands, don't they? Yeah, definitely. I guess part of it's just really trying to feel those shoulders soften off, and and then feel that through the hands, and 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 trying to even with a putt, trying to one of the keys I've got at the moment with my golf swing and putting is really just to take my time. The, the backstroke's almost the most important thing. If you take that away too quick, you, you're going to come back too far. So just try a nice, slow, slow stroke and, and, and away you go. That's a good tip, that one.
Yeah, it's a ripper. If you take it back too fast, you almost always take it back too long. If you take it back too long, you've got to decelerate, and that stuffs everything up. Matty, um, you've been with um, Dennis McDade for a long time down there at Yarrabang Golf, and um, he's been a great supporter, and, a gr- and he's one of our great coaches, and he must have been a huge help to you over the entire journey, especially in moments like this. Yeah, Dennis has been huge. Look, uh, I went to Dennis probably... Ten years ago, I had a bit of a different golf swing and sort of knew how to get it round. But Dennis has been really has been able to rebuild my game um, incredibly over the time. And you'll never find a coach who works harder with his players and players who I guess we all appreciate what Dennis Dennis does. I know he was up. I think he's over with Ryan Ruffles this week. He was up till the wee hours of the morning watching the watching the scores come through. So he's as passionate as you get as any any coach, I think. Hey, Matty, uh, it's funny what you're saying there about Dennis and, and the way he remodelled your swing. Cause I, I remember interviewing you a long time ago and uh, you were really good enough to talk about uh, your golf swing because like you even just said a second ago, you, you didn't have the best golf swing. You had a little over-the-top move the way I remember it. But you actually, uh, you and Dennis, you got together and it, it became more of your body and you had to work on your body to get rid of some swing faults. Is that the way that you remember it as well? And, and could you maybe talk us through that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. I guess Dennis has always understood the body really well and I work with uh, a trainer, Scott Williams, and also uh, osteopath, and, and they all sort of combine together to, to figure out what exercise I need to strengthen different parts of my body so that Dennis could then work on the parts of my swing. So once my sort of, I guess my core strength was better, I can now hold hold the positions Dennis wants through the swing instead of sort of falling over a bit at the top and creating a few more inconsistencies. So um, it's really helped, I guess, go through that process and make it make it a bit easier to, to get everything right. How, how long did it take exactly, Matt? Because, I, I, like, again, I, I'm going back to that interview and we are talking about you had that little over-the-top move and it was awkward, you know. It was awkward for me to, to talk about. I felt like you were, you know almost insulted with the over-the-top stuff that we were talking about, but it seemed to go really quickly. How long did it take, you know, once you got strong enough in the core and you could hold the positions that you're talking about, how long did the actual whole process take for when you went from, you know, look, not looking the way Dennis wanted it to, to, to something that now I imagine you're pretty proud of? Yeah, it's probably, to be honest, it's probably taken six or seven years at least. It, it, it took a long while. I've, I've been close for a while and just sort of just been little improvements the last little bit and 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 Dennis has Dennis actually sort of said to me at the start of the year he said look now you you swings where we want it to be it's a matter of I guess playing with it and getting better with all those those parts of the game so it's been a long long process but um finally it's there and and gives me good confidence to be able to go out there and and, and play more consistently I guess um uh, Matty what's uh what's next now I suppose you've now you've won like you said in Korea You've won uh, some sort of fairly big events here in, and in New Zealand. What what would be next in terms of goals for you? Would it be to get a tour card now on one of the on the one of the big tours and, and sort of um, base yourself over in Europe or America and, and settle yourself in? Yeah, well, I guess I've got um, in a month's time the Japan tour starts back up, so I'll be heading back up there to there to play and hopefully can get myself a win win up there this year and. Um, the good thing with winning New Zealand, it, it takes me to the top of the Australian Order Merit. If I can finish 
there at the end of the year that opens a lot of doors with some world golf championships and and the like. So mm-hmm. um, if I can play well in Japan and even open a couple more doors, ideally would be great to be able to play in a few of those US tour events, earn some FedEx Cup points and and possibly get into the the full series I have on the web.com that opens the door to the US tour. So there's a few doors ajar and then there's always the opportunities with the co-sanctioned events in Europe, with the Australian and European Tour to mm. possibly win one of those. Hey, Matty, uh, for those of us who have been following your story, it's an absolute ripper. Uh, well done to you, sir. It's good to see you swinging them well and, and winning big tournaments. Good luck in Japan. Thanks, guys. There he is, Marco, and it was a fascinating final hole where he had a two-shot turnaround to uh, take out the title over Hideto Tanahara. Yeah, look, uh, he's a very good player, uh, Tanahara. Yep. Uh, he was playing with the man who wrote the check for the tournament as well. <laughs> so uh, he would have been disappointed, but uh, very happy to be in the last group, uh, the man who wrote the check, Mr. Mr. Hander. Uh, I think is his name, That's how he, or Dr. Hander, I think they, he likes to be called. So well done to everybody, another good tournament. Um, and well done to Matty Griffin, that's six wins now as a pro. It's yes. a handy career. It certainly is well played to him, and uh, great to hear him chatting to the media as well, Marco, which yeah. we like, yeah. which we like making themselves available. That's Matty Griffin there inside the clubhouse, or for Mandalay Golf Course, Melbourne's newest golfing experience in the north. And if you are thinking of golf in Melbourne, you're coming to Melbourne, or you are in Melbourne playing golf, make sure you think Club Mandalay. It's just 20 minutes from Melbourne Airport off the Hume Highway. Visit Club Mandalay au for more details. As we said, green fees available seven days a week. Clubmandalay.com.au. We've got a masterclass next. We do, right after this. Marco's Masterclass. Time to get a golf lesson from Mark Allen. If you're on your way to a game of golf or you've just finished or wherever you're listening around Australia, we've mm-hmm. played different times over the weekend, Marco. So yeah. what are we going to do? Well, we always talk about where the weight should be in the setup at the setup. That's right, at the setup. Yep. We never talk about where the weight should be at impact. Where should the weight be in your feet at right. impact? All righty. So if we okay. picture the classical impact position, which is a strong left side uh, and uh, the back foot, the trailing foot is up on the toe a little bit, the hips are a little bit open. Uh, one of the reasons good players never have to really worry about their weight is that when they are lining up um, and getting ready to hit a shot, they're always tapping their heels. Their heels are coming up off the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, either the toe staying down, the heels are coming up, or the whole feet, the whole foot is coming up. That's very important because if you are a toe tapper at at uh, at address, I guarantee your weight's going to be on the heels unless yep. you do something to actually change that right before you hit the ball. So, one, you want to be able to tap your heels before you hit a shot. You want that. You want that function. You got to feel like your feet are really sinking into the ground. If you don't feel like, if you feel like your feet are on top of the ground, uh, literally then that's no good. Your feet have to feel like they are sinking into the ground. So that's uh, one lesson. We've done that lesson quite a few times. Yes. We've never spoken about where the weight should be at impact. And this is a, this is important. When you actually hit the golf ball, so many people, because their hips are turning, their toe comes off the ground and all their weight goes to the heel at impact. This causes trouble. This causes your hips to go early mm-hmm. and your arms to trail, and which is the death move in golf because you hit the ball left and right, and you don't know why, because the club is flipping so quickly. Very important. If you've now mastered where the weight should be at setup, what you need at impact is that leading foot, so left foot if you're a right-hander, right foot obviously if you're a left-hander, at impact, you want all that weight still to be towards the front of the foot at impact. That guarantees that your hips don't go too quick, 
not too quick. Mm-hmm. They still can go quick, but not too quick. Not too quick. But also a much better chance of coming down. Halfway down, I always like to see the shoulders not square, kind of halfway down. Halfway down, okay. as it, right as you're leading into the ball. So that when the shaft is parallel with the ground, if your shoulders are square, then you've basically you've spun out of the shot. Yep. When you watch the best players, when that club on the way down is parallel with the ground again, almost all set to hit, the shoulders are still open yep. uh, to where that target line is. And that's where you like to be. So if you keep the weight on the front of your foot at impact, as well as on the front of your feet at address, right. then you're away. It's a good one to practice. It's an easy one to practice. It's a great little swing thought to practice, and that's the only thing you're worried about. Yeah. I almost guarantee uh, it's repeatable. So there you go. I like it. Put that one in your golf bag and smoke it. Tap those heels. and Tap uh, the heels get and going. add impact. Keep the weight on the front foot right towards the, uh, the, the toe, right yep. towards the front. Very nice. Too easy, buddy. Memory bank. Put it in the memory bank and you're away. Easy done. Hey, Marco, been uh, great to chat with you. Hopefully, next week we're chatting about another Australian win on the PGA Tour. Uh, One more week closer to the US Masters. Can't wait. It's exciting. We'll uh, see you next week. See you next week, bud.